Hey everyone, this is Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today we have Liz Fast back on the podcast. Welcome Liz. Hi, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. We have had Liz on this podcast a few times um, as she is a therapist and life coach that we work with quite often in my one-on-one program, Commit to Fit. Um, and so we're so happy to have you back today. And today we are going to talk about identity. This is such a huge topic. So um, Liz, go ahead and tell everybody about yourself and then we'll dive into the topic of identity. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yes. So I've been working with Kira for years. She's incredible. Um, and I'm so happy to join and jump in on this call again. Um, so yeah, I'm Liz, I'm a licensed therapist and a life coach. I really help women, especially walk away from the things that don't serve them and start stepping into things that do and really shed all the toxic beliefs and limiting beliefs and really step into their power. So this includes, you know, personal growth and relationships as well as people's businesses and entrepreneurship or career. So I kind of run the gamut on a lot of those things, but it always comes back to that inner self-work, that self-love, self-acceptance, identity piece. Um, And so we always kind of do that no matter what way you work with me. So that's a little bit about me. Excellent. And so let's go ahead and start talking about identity and what this concept is. So when you explain what the word identity means, what do, how do you explain that? Yeah, good question. So I will preface this that I think identity can be tweaked and viewed in different ways according to different people. So I'm just sharing my personal belief and, um, definition. But I really do think that identity has to do with how we see ourselves and how we interact in the world. So what we believe in, what box we put ourselves in, um, who we feel associated with, whether that's cultural, environmental, um, personal, interpersonal relationships, um, religiously, all of that can be part of our identity. And we can have different parts of our identity um, at any given time. So it can change and it doesn't have to stay the same either. I think a lot of people think if you have this quote unquote identity, that it's uh, like one size fits all, it's stuck, it's stagnant, it's this one thing. And that's just not really true. It's more complex than that. And it's ever evolving, which is great because that means it can change for the better for you. Um, But in the end, I really do think identity comes down to how you function and believe it of yourself in this world. So it can be as simple, simple as someone saying, like, I identify as um, an athlete. I also identify as a mom. And then maybe that person grows out of sports and they, you know, start to identify more as like a business owner. So it it's fluid is what you're yes. saying. Yes. Um, so let's really hone in on identity when it comes to building habits. Um, so most of you guys who have followed me for a while, you know, that I deal specifically with female fat loss. Um, and with that comes, you know, creating new habits or getting rid of old habits. So I really kind of want to go into how creating and adapting our identity can help with those habits to help us, you know, create the physique and 
physique we want and the fitness goals that we have. Um, so to quote James Clear, um, for those of you guys who don't know who James Clear is, he wrote the book, um, Oh, Atomic Habits, <laughs> like brain fart there for a second. Um, anyhow, it's an incredible book, but to quote him, he says, the key to building lasting habits is focusing on creating a new identity first. So Liz, why is creating that identity first crucial? Such a good quote, such a good book, loves James Clear. Um, so really what this comes down to is that identity is what you believe to be true and to believe is possible. So when you're creating a new habit, when you're trying to do something really kind of outside of your comfort zone, there's a part of you in your current state that either doesn't believe that's possible or hasn't done such something like this before. So to be able to actually connect to this new habit, to follow through on this new habit, to evolve into the person who would make this even a habit, you have to step into a new identity with it. So if you are somebody who has never viewed themselves as a gym rat, right? You're like, ew, gyms, no, not my thing. You've always kind of judged it. You have an identity around what you are. You're not a gym rat. You're something else. So then you start taking Kira's program. You learn about weightlifting. You learn about strength and its importance of lifting. And you're wanting to step into being a fitness person, somebody who is going to love the gym. Well, that means that you have to change your identity around being an anti-gym rat to becoming a gym rat in a positive way. Like I'm excited. I'm going to step into this new identity and get ready to own it before I actually even really know how, because that's the only way we're going to take the steps to create a habit around that to ultimately like make it second nature and to believe it. So that's kind of where like your identity is so crucial is if you don't believe it to be true, if you don't see yourself as that, you won't become that you won't follow through on the habit. You won't commit. But if you do change your identity to step into that new version of yourself, that's where the magic is made. That's where you see that commitment and transformation. So, well, that sounds kind of complicated. And for those of you guys who are listening, if you feel like, wow, that sounds really overwhelming, don't worry. Liz and I are going to break it down and make it a little <laughs> bit easier for you. Um, so how, how do we do that? How the heck do we create a new identity for ourselves? Yeah. Well, I think you've got to come at it really, really simple. Um, I always have my clients laugh when I say, break it down farther, break it down farther, make it easier, make it smaller. And they're like, gosh, Liz, like this is so basic. And, and that's exactly what we want it to be. When you're trying to change your identity and step into something like becoming this gym person, that seems so overwhelming. Let's start looking at what would the person who had this identity do and be? What kinds of behaviors would they have? What would they do in their day-to-day? -day? How would their workouts be set up? Just start asking yourself questions, not as if it's you, as if it's this other person, because this identity you don't really feel connected to yet. Break it down so, so small. Like what time would they get up? <laughs> what would their thought be? What would they eat? Um, 
you know, how would they pack their gym bag? I mean, super simple stuff, you guys, that is very small and tangible. And then pick just one of those things, just one, like packing your gym bag, for example, and then set that as a goal to pack your gym bag with the things that you would want to bring in this new identity to the gym. So somebody who it has this wonderful gym life would have maybe some electrolytes in their bag and they've got an extra pair of clothes some deodorant. I don't know, some weights. And then you fill your bag with that. And that's it. That's like the only goal you're doing. That's the, the first step. It's super small. And we practice that for a short period of time, maybe a week or two, see how that feels. And then add maybe one other thing. So again, it's a little bit slower than I think people like, but it's ultimately those little tiny baby steps that grow and grow and grow and build you into that new identity that then all of a sudden you look back and you go, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. Look how I've changed. Look at this transformation. But does that make sense? I'm absolutely it does. And I like the idea of just like making it super simple or just, or how you said, like, ask what would that person you know, what would that gym rat do? And only doing one of those things, because I, I know that when you're starting out, you're like, I'm okay. So before I ever started working out, I thought sweating was gross. <laughs> so like, I was so far away from the person that I am today. Um, and so when I had to start kind of getting into it, I guess like, I didn't really ever decide that I want to identify as a gym rat, but I wanted to identify as somebody who was thin and well, I mean like straight up, I wanted to be skinny. Like that was my motivation back then. That's okay. You know, that's where, that's where I was. And so it was kind of like, all right, what does like a skinny person eat? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and that's kind of like, what you kind of have to do, I think, you know, what does a, I'm not going to say skinny person because like, you know, now I look at that and I'm like, "Eh," you know, maybe have different goals. I'm not going to encourage people like, what would a skinny person do? Um, but like, like you said, like what would a healthy fit person eat for lunch? If that's where you can start, then like, that's great. Cause that's a lot better than doing nothing. Right. Right. And I think like, it's really important to get specific. I'm all about getting specific on what that identity is that you're chasing or you're wanting to step into. So really like sitting down with a piece of pen and paper and writing this person out, like, what do they do? What is this goal? What is, you know, what are they focusing on? What are their thoughts? What are their feelings? Like getting so specific on what the identity is. Because then you can start so simply and build up with clarity. There's no confusion on what you're trying to attract or step into or become. You know exactly the path because you know this person so well because you've spent the time creating this identity. Does that make sense as well? Yes. And I also, I think it's interesting too, that it will change as you do it. Because like I said, you know, back when I first started, I never, ever, ever would have pictured myself to be a competitive athlete at 40 years old. So you never know what might end up happening as you, your identity, like you said, it's going to change. Yeah. And it will evolve 
in your age and stage of life and your experience, like an identity, for example, this isn't fitness related at all, but I mean, ask anybody, ask Kira, you guys know that I'm a huge adventure girl. Like I'm always out in nature. That's a huge identity I connect to. And I'm pregnant right now and I'm, my family is going to be shifting. So I'm going to have a child. I'm going to have really different priorities. So now I'm stepping into the identity of motherhood, which requires a total different set of skills and focus. And so even though I'm always going to be a nature lover, like I love that my kids for sure going to grow up out in the woods some way. I'm more focused at this point in time to stepping into an identity of stability and consistency and kind of that simpler life instead of just getting up one day and grabbing the keys and going for a road trip, right? Like it's not quite going to be the same and that's okay. Like I'm welcoming that. And I'm now envisioning and creating the kind of identity I want to step into when the baby is born. So these identities don't just of like focused in one aspect of your life. This is across your life in total different avenues as well. So let's talk about other examples too. Um, What are some of the examples that you've witnessed in your work as a therapist and life coach? Um, And how have, have these examples, you know, helped other people in shifting their identity? Well, I think a huge one we see in women a lot is, there's a lot of negative identity to, um, to feeling responsibility, massive responsibility that they have to carry, that they have to be the wife, the mother, the caretaker, the house cleaner, the great employee. And they take on all these different identities and responsibilities within them. And it leads to burnout. I mean, I would say 95% of my clients are women who are burned out from the quote unquote dream life that they chased for so many years. And now they they're in their quote unquote dream life. They're either married with the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids, but they're exhausted and they can't maintain it. And it's because they're trying to, a couple things are kind of going wrong there. One, they are taking on too many identities and two, that there's no wiggle room for change. Like they have all these identities that they're supposed to carry and there's no wiggle room for them to say, I'm done with that one. I, you know, <laughs> I kind of pass this one off or I don't need to carry that anymore. Um, I can kind of shift into something new. So they crave transformation. They crave change. They crave a different identity, but they have no idea where to start and they have no idea how to, um, make that, that, that first step. So a great example of this is the, is the mom who's like, I identify just as a mom, even though she has a million other really great qualities about her and really a zillion interests and things that she offers motherhood and all the responsibilities that come with it have kind of overtaken her life. So what we do working together is we break down all the beliefs Because remember, I said identity is a set of beliefs you have. So all these beliefs around motherhood, and we get to talk about what we want to keep and what we don't, because you have that power. You get to choose what beliefs you're going to keep for yourself and what you're going to throw in the dumpster. And so we break all of it down and then we set boundaries 
which is very important (laughs) around like what we'll tolerate and accept and how we're going to move through that. And again, I'm saying this in very broad terms, but we get nitty gritty and specific to you um, and how this looks like in your personal life. But once we get there, then they're able to have room and spaciousness to take on something else and focus on what they really are feeling is calling them um, and explore that. So maybe that's when they get into Kira's program and they start wanting to change the way their physique looks and their strength and things like that and walk away from this one identity that's overpowering motherhood and instead be like, oh, I can have this identity of the fit girl, the strong girl, the empowered woman, things like that. So it's an evolution. Um, But I really think that's kind of like the process in which I take people through and how I can help them. So I actually kind of want to um, shift topics a tiny bit for a second. So yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend not too long ago about, um, about she, so she's, she's a CrossFitter too. Um, and so when I met her, she was very competitive. And then over the last couple of years, she's kind of like backed off with being competitive. And she's like, she said, that especially over the last six months, she was just happy to show up at the gym. And now, you know, she has worked with a therapist and like, she's gotten through a lot of the stuff that was kind of dragging her down over the last few months. And she's starting to feel that competitive aspect of her personality coming back. So we were just kind of chatting about, um, how you kind of just have to have like the mental capacity or mental space to do certain things in life. Like, you know, I've definitely had clients who have worked with me and they're like super gung ho for six months. And then, um, you know, maybe their mother got sick and had to move back in with them and they had to become the caretaker caretaker for a parent. Like that's really hard. And so, you know, for about three or six months, you know, they kind of back off. I might not hear so much for them because they just don't have the mental capacity to, you know, work out five days a week and meal prep every single week and, you know, do like all the things, you know, cause they want to be, they want to be super fit. They want to be, you know, they want to lose 30 pounds. So can you kind of talk a little bit about just like the idea of like having mental capacity to being able to do the things that you might, you might want to identify with, but you don't really have the space to. Yeah. Oh, such a good, such a good segue. Um, I would definitely say so many people have this all or nothing thinking black and white. It's either I give 110% to this program or I don't do any of it. And I kind of encourage people to, to reassess that. And I use a, I'm a big fan of sliding scales, like one through 10. And let's honestly rate and be really, really brutally honest with yourself. Um, I actually just did this with a client the other day and, you know, she wants to do like the, the workouts a certain way. But the reality is like, she does not have the time and space in her emotional and mental capacity to do the amount she expects of herself. So the expectation is that she's 10 out of 10, but the priority and reality is that it's a four out of 10. 
So instead of expecting yourself to be a 10 out of 10 and setting yourself up basically for failure over and over and over again, because you're never able to reach yourself a 10 with what's going on in your life, accepting and meeting yourself at the four, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means you're accommodating yourself and you're meeting yourself where you're at. It's really unfair to expect yourself to be a 10 out of 10 every single day of the week and to be a 10 out of 10 in every aspect of your life. It's just not, it's not possible. We're humans. Like it's just not always going to be that way. So instead of setting yourself up for continuous disappointment and always feeling flooded, overwhelmed, like a failure, let's adjust. What is the priority right now? Look at your plate of all the responsibilities. Think of it as like a plate of food. You're going to have more of one thing than the other at any given time. So what is the thing that needs to take your focus right now? Is that the priority? Okay, this is the priority right now. I've got to be a caretaker for my family. Like, no, duh, that's hard. That's a ton of responsibility. Then let's adjust. Let's not just give up on you entirely and forget of your needs and your existence, but maybe let's lower them. Maybe it's only one workout. Maybe it's shorter. Maybe it's less time, whatever, but it's not about all or nothing. It's about assessing and accommodating where you're at with what you have. And there's no judgment in this because it'll constantly change. It's just more about honest, open communication with yourself. And I think so many women, especially don't know how to do that because they judge themselves so harshly and they think they have to be 10 out of 10 every dang day. And it's just not possible. So I don't know if that answers your question per se, but I think that's something that a lot of women have to really reassess. Um, anyways, that's what I think. <laughs> Well, as I'm listening to you talking, I'm, I just had like a dawn on me. What if we came, we decided I'm going to identify as a flexible person. Ah, and, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, because if we can, so like what you are saying to do, like meeting yourself where you're at, yeah, I feel like that is like you and I just sit here and go like, yeah, that's what you should do, you know, because you and I are used to working with people. We're used to coaching people. And so for you and I, we look at it and it's so easy to look at it objectively. But when you're the one going through it, it's hard. Like you've got this like little like ego, this like little bird and your ego chirping at you going like, no, don't do that try harder. No, you know, like it's so you have to take the ego out and yeah. it's really hard to do that. But if we can, like, if we all can take on the identity of like, I'm a flexible person, then it can be so much easier to, like you said, meet yourself at that four. You're not going right. to meet yourself at the four forever. You're just going to meet yourself at the four right now. No, I love that. No, that's such a good point. I love the idea of taking on the identity of flexibility and remembering that it's not, it, it's not your core. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's, it's not the truth of who you are all the time. I think if somebody takes on this identity for even a short while, they think, oh, now this is just who I am, like at my core. It's like, well, no, like this is just who you are right now with what you need to do right now to get yourself through this season of life. So I love the idea of taking on like a more flexible approach. Like 
there's no judgment. This is just kind of what, this is what a flexible person would do. They would meet themselves at the four. This is how they would be reacting, or this is kind of the thoughts that they would have. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely takes the ego out of it as well. And it's just more helpful to see. All right. So that was a really awesome little sidetrack that we got on. I, I really <laughs> do. Um, I knew like, you know, we, Liz and I know each other pretty well at this point. So, you know, flow happens and that's great. Um, so going back to, um, using identity to help us with goals, um, and commit to fit Liz and I work with a lot of women who set up outcome goals. So they, they say things like, I want to lose 20 pounds, or I want to complete, you know, five push-ups by the end of the year. Um, some might even go as far as to set goals. Like I'm going to work out four days a week and I'm going to follow Kira's program to help me lose 20 pounds. And those are really, really awesome goals. Um, but they really kind of only deal with the process and outcome, but we can use identity to help us with the goals. So how does focusing on identity help us make a greater impact with the goals that we set? Well, yeah, I think when you can identify, like I had mentioned before, with a goal that has value and meaning to you, then there's greater connection. And if you're setting up goals, you can create a beautiful SMART goal, but it has like no meaning to you. (laughs) And so if you don't have a greater why, if you don't have a greater um, connection or meaning or identity to it, then it's going to lose its luster real quick. And that uh, follow through and like longer term commitment probably won't last. So when we're able to really step into, Hey, I'm creating this goal that I really deeply identify with right now. And over the next 12 weeks, like this is what it takes to, you know, focus in on that goal. And this is my why that I'm creating this goal. And this is how important of a priority it is for me. Um, when we're able to ask ourselves that question and then think, what's the identity that I need to have and take on? What's that, that identity I'm going to step into so I can follow through on this goal. That's where you'll see yourself being able to take ownership over the goal and the process of reaching that goal, because you're going to be having that behavior change, those small daily behaviors that build up over time for you to reach that four times a week, 20 pounds loss kind of thing. And for those of you guys listening, Liz and I have already done a really, really great podcast where we dive deep on creating your why when you're setting up goals. Um, So you can find that in the podcast as well. So if you want to learn more about creating your why and connecting to your why, check that podcast out. So (laughs) yeah. Um. So how, like, let's say you have a client that wants to lose 20 pounds. Um, How could she create some identity-based goals or identity-based habits to help her with that goal? Right. So a huge one is, I mean, this is this, I can go a zillion different directions. Let me think about how I would want to focus this in the beginning. The first thing is I would want to ask the person who's setting up this lose 20 pound goal, what is the desired outcome? So if you lose 20 pounds, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What is your daily life? Like let's really create the, the you 20 pounds lighter. 
who is she? What does she do? What does she eat? How does she act? How does she function in the world? All like get really, really juicy in that and then work backwards. So once you know what that lifestyle is like, that's just second nature to the future you working backwards and well, what kind of habits does that include? What kinds of things would your morning routine look like? How is your evening routine? How do you handle a busy day, you know, being a soccer mom? Like, how would you run? Would you be out there running around with the kids? Would you be coaching them? Would you be the, you know, soccer mom with all the orange peels or whatever? Like, who are you and how do you function? What snacks do you bring? Those kinds of things, when we start looking at that identity, we start creating habits backwards from that. So an example would be like, okay, normally right now you bring the Capri Sun and the Rice Krispie treats to practice. But if you're the quote unquote, 20 pounds lighter mom, and you're feeling really confident and you're loving it, you would have the oranges and the berries and maybe, I don't know, the hydration packs. And you would also be the one actually out there playing. So what kind of things could we do today, habits we can create today to help you be that mom? Well, you could start with those changing of snack packs right away. That's like super basic, yet it is a habit that we can start doing right away that sees change. You aren't going to be then eating the Rice Krispie Treat leftovers. You're going to be eating the berry leftovers, and that will just kind of be a second nature thing in the moment that it's happening. And so when we are creating an identity-based habit, we want to think really clearly on what that identity will look like and be, and then work backwards from that to build multiple habits one at a time. So, well, again, you know, all of this sounds like super awesome, but when you're the person that's in the thick of it, it can feel challenging. Um, so what if this person, you know, starts and they don't really feel like it's working? Like she's, she's not like, she's not actually doing those things that, you know, like she's not, um, like if she's the soccer mom, like she just keeps bringing the rice crispy treats. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what would you say to that person? Yeah. Well, I would, I would have like an honest conversation of, Hey, where's the priority and what's the value? So this is where values are huge. And I don't remember, Kira, if we talked about this in the last podcast, but values are what drive us just like our identity drives us. What we value is unique to us, even though there's values in like the American culture and society, and there's different values based on what you grew up in, family, all that. We have our own innate, unique values, and they also change based on life environments and situations. But if you don't know what your values are, or if you're living a life according to someone else's values and standards, then you're not motivated or confident in any one decision that you're making. So making a decision and then sticking with that decision is very uncomfortable and foreign if you're kind of, you know, wishy-washy on your values and what you really deeply care about. So for, for somebody who's like not actually ever buying the new snack packs, I would ask her like, well, do you value that? Is that important to you right now? What is important? Like what's the biggest, most important thing that you buy yourself, not for your kids, not for your husband, not for your spouse, not for anybody else, but like, what is it innately you really, really want today, just today, not tomorrow, just today. 
well, I really just want a glass of wine and I want to sit and watch TV. Okay. How is that going to make you feel? That's another thing is like behavior and feelings are always combined. So how is that going to make you feel relaxed? Awesome. We want you to feel relaxed because you're feeling overwhelmed. What if you do drink the next morning, let's go a couple hours ahead. Is that going to make you feel good? Is that going to make you feel relaxed? No, it's actually going to give me a headache. Okay. So let's go back again. Come back to today. What could we do today? That's actually going to make us feel relaxed tonight and feel good tonight. That's not going to give us a headache tomorrow. Okay. Then does that seem maintainable? And is that a value to you? What's the scale? And again, like I said, I'm breaking everything down like so stinking small because it's moment by moment decisions that create habits and beliefs and our life literally over time. So if we can just break it down minute by minute, and if you're feeling so flooded, just come back to today. Stop thinking about 20 pounds from now or 10 years from now or six months from now, and just think about what is it today and tonight that I need to do to meet my basic needs. And that's going to make me feel good and have a quality, like positive emotion, but not a negative impact. Um, And then assess that value there as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'd love for you to kind of break that down too, for um, the person who like, you know, they're, they are like, okay, I want to get fit and healthy. And I want to identify as somebody, someone who has a perfect bill of health and can like, you know, doesn't have, doesn't have back pain and because, and can wear whatever they want. So they want to identify as, as that person. Um, but they like, they don't want to meal prep. Um, and it's like, you, you know, you're, this is, you want to identify as that. Okay. Well, what would that person do? That person meal preps every week, that person eats vegetables a lot and they eat lots of protein and, you know, maybe they track their food, but this person like continues to just kind of, you know, like maybe the day starts out pretty well, but then in the evening they start snacking. Like, what would you, what advice would you give that person? Yeah, such a good question. So I would, I would do a lot of add value. So a lot of times when I'm talking to people like that, um, if they've got like chronic pain or, you know, they, there's just like a lot of, um, discomfort, negativity, heaviness in their life. Often it seems like if you're taking anything away from their life, that, um, there's no positive to replace it. And so if they're looking at like a diet meal prep, that's like a responsibility added on. It's not, I mean, this is from their perspective, right? It's like, Oh, that's another chore I have to do. I hear that all the time from people. So that's (laughs) very common, Liz. It, It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to somebody who actually sucks at meal prepping, but, um, I've gotten so much better at it (laughs) over the years. Thanks to you actually. And my taking my own medicine of advice. Um, but I would start adding in things that are really small again. So what I would do with that is like, okay, if meal prepping is such a nightmare, every single meal you'll have, whether you're eating out or you're not, or whatever you're doing, adding something green in the meal. So you're not meal prepping it because you're not ready to that. That's too much responsibility. That's too big of a step. Well, let's just add greens, just one thing. And that's it. Nothing else. And that thing needs to be tasty. Like you need to love these vegetables. So for me, like 
if you give me like a crunchy cold salad, that's like strawberries and like just lots of crunchy, refreshing things. I live in the South. So during the summertime, that is divine. Like throw in some sliced watermelon. I'm in heaven. So it's still jam packed with nutrients and it's good for me, but I actually am really enjoying it. It's a positive ad. So anytime I'm working with somebody who's got like that, like big negativity around stuff, I don't want to add things that are more responsibility or feel like, you know, gosh, another chore I have to do. Oh, I can't handle this. I just want this to be easy. I want it to be done for me. Well, then what can we add? That's actually going to be easy for you that you're actually excited about. And that's super stinking small. So maybe it's just, you cut up one watermelon. That's it. You just do that. And that icy cold watermelon is so tasty. And it's like a treat for you. That's it. And you just do that for a week. Um, or it's investing in value again. Like maybe you do want to pay for blue apron or whatever those companies are meal prep companies for two meals a week. That's adding something in that eases your life up. That doesn't add in heaviness or pressure. So any way that you can twist the, instead of taking something away, that's negative, adding something in that's positive. Um, and also not ta- adding something in that's heavy or negative either. That's going to be helpful advice for just those slow transition folks. <laughs> it's going to take a longer time for them to really take on more of that. So I'm in a transition period right now with my with my own training, um, and I'm coming back into weightlifting. And I like, it's weightlifting, like as in the sport, you know, that's in the Olympics. So, and I've qualified for this competition and I'm going to do it. And I'm excited about the, the goal, you know, I'm like, I'm happy to be doing it, but like coming back into becoming a weightlifter is like, it can be a little bit of a drag. Um, it's not my favorite style of training. It can hurt my body. Um, like physically cause me pain. And so I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I don't, but two things are happening. One is I actually really do. I enjoy identifying as a weightlifter. Um, and then the other thing, like what you were saying is adding something that makes you happy, adding something of value. So what I've been doing is I've been going to the gym and I'm like, okay, today, you're going to do your weightlifting, but at the end, when you're done, you get to do gymnastics. Cause that's my favorite. And that I like, it really is helping me. And you know, what's going to happen is I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to like, I'm going to show up every day and get all my stuff done. And after like two or three weeks, I might not have to like dangle the carrot anymore of the gymnastics. I just show up and I do my lifting and I'm, and I'm doing it. So I think that that's a great idea, Liz. Yeah. And I love that for you. And and it is challenging. It's, it's hard to like have, you know, like a bigger workout like that. You have a lot of grit and determination and you've done so many years of mindset work. So it's a little bit easier for you than it would be for others. But I mean, yeah, that it's small and it's joyful and anything positive, I think People forget like really, really small things can bring us so much joy. Um, I just recently went on a little road trip with my husband and he got me a little, um, it was like a honeycomb sucker. Like I have no idea. It was a little local business. It's some random little treat. And he's like, Hey, I thought we'd try this. And no joke, him and I 
took the dog, went on a walk through this cute little mountain town, sucking on this little sucker. And I was as happy as a clam. Like I was so filled with joy to just do that one tiny little thing and have that one small little treat for myself. And I didn't feel like I derailed myself. I actually felt really good. There was a lot of other things that were pressured on our plates at that time. And I was able to take a tiny little moment in the day and add it in as a positive. And those little tiny moments over time, like we're all just big kids running around the world. Like sometimes we have to treat ourselves like a little kid. Like what does that little kid inside you need right now? (laughs) And how can we give that little kid a positive experience and a little win and a celebration with no judgment, but not derail ourselves or, you know, self-sabotage. So, you know, a lot of times people are self-sabotaging by binge eating because they want to feel something or fill a void or avoid feeling something. Right. But if you're taking these things and just making them really small, they can be, um, really healthy and joyful and positive. Um, so yeah. Y'all I always recommend, like, if you want to identify as a healthy fit person and you're like, okay, a healthy fit person would, would eat clean and they would have meat and vegetables on their plate at every meal. You know what? Eat the meat and vegetables on your plate, but have a piece of chocolate when you're done. If you want to cook your vegetables with a little bit of bacon fat, because it makes it enjoyable for you by all means, I always support things like that. You know, dangle a little bit, a little carrot for yourself. Seriously. Like don't Um, don't have to make everything so hard. Right. Life's hard enough. Like we don't need to add any more on top of us and we don't need to make ourselves miserable. So, you know, when you think about creating this identity, the one last thing I would want to say around it is make sure that it's something that you actually feel good and excited about. If you're saying, I want to be this fit person, and then your identity of a fit person sounds flipping miserable, why in the heck would you ever do anything that they would do? You wouldn't. There's no joy in there. <laughs> there's, there's no connection. So it needs to, you know, yes, you've got some things that are a fit person does that maybe you don't do currently, but there's also things that you currently do that can be added in there as well that you enjoy. So it's, you know, of course, I kind of love, hate the word balance, but it's true. There is the need for balance. Um, it's not all or nothing thinking it doesn't have to be black or white. Give yourself those little things to liven up your life and bring joy in the small things. It will make a difference, especially when you're trying to do those steady long-term growing goals. Um, you'll actually be able to see the results and stick to it when you, when you feel good about what you're doing. I think that that's a perfect note to end on Liz. Like you said, why the heck would, if you decide I want to be a healthy fit person and their life sounds miserable, then why the heck would you ever want to do that? So you got (laughs) to, you, their life needs to be something that sounds enjoyable if you actually want to stick to it. So that's great advice. Yeah. Anyhow, um, Liz, let everybody know where um, they can find you and work with you. Yeah. So reach out anytime. You can find me on Instagram at the Liz fast, and you can check out my website at elizabethfast.com. Um, and just shoot me a message. I love to talk to folks. You can work with me one-on-one or group settings. I offer tons of different things and ways that we can connect, um, but don't be a stranger. 
Awesome. Thank you so, so much for being on Liz. And for those of you guys listening, if you want more from Liz, we've got two more podcasts on, um, on creating your why and creating awareness. Okay. So check those out next. Thank you guys all so much for listening. And thank you again, Liz, for being on. Thanks.